welcome back, Podians. You know, the whole two of you probably listening to this podcast. I hope that God will greatly use these to encourage Christians, pastors, and church staff members. To start today's podcast, I will encourage you with a question that has been weighing on my mind since yesterday. If we get distracted by squirrels, hey, look, a squirrel. Do squirrels get distracted by humans? Hey, a human. Well, I'm Brent Gregg, and I'm the pastor of New Beginnings Church of Stafford, Virginia. Hey, I'm Dusty Carson, the pastor of Braveheart Community Church in Fredericksburg, just right down the road from Brent. We're church planners, and we're going to be tackling some difficult issues, and today we're talking about loneliness. And so before we get started, Brent, I have a quick question for you. Where does baby oil come from? I have no idea. Hopefully not babies. <laughs> that is definitely a good question. Sweaty, and, sweaty babies. And we will get to that much more in in this episode of Two Pastors and a Podcast. I know exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking, this episode sounds really familiar. That's right, because this is the second half of The Lone Ranger. We we had so much information, so many things we talked that we had to split it into two episodes. So we're titling this The Lone Ranger Rides Again. Please enjoy the episode. Some of the best ministry advice I ever received was our uh, secretary in Louisiana, great lady, just retired. And she said this. I asked her, I said, listen, can you give a rookie some advice about, you know, just ministry, whatever? And she's like, if you're in ministry, you better be walking with Jesus. Mm. There is no coasting because if you coast, man, it, you'll sink quick. And yeah. so here's my thought. If you're out there, if you can dump a friend just like that because of one disagreement, you're never a friend to begin with. I agree. This hurts me. Trust me. This is this is something that I personally dealt with myself. You know, I I have been in ministry for quite some time. I've made a lot of friends in ministry. And you said something the other day, and you hurt my feelings. Who me? <laughs> You said we were talking about uh, inviting people to the podcast, and uh, you were mentioning how many friends you have on Facebook. Oh. And uh, you go, how, well, how many do you have? And I, and I, I said like 350, and you're like, uh, that's got to be wrong. You know, you've been in so many churches. I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I said it like <laughs> I don't remember it going down like that. But And I was like, you know. I, I probably should tell him that uh, a lot of them unfriended me. I lost a lot of friends when when I decided to, well, decided, when the Lord convicted me to get back into the ministry after one of the biggest trials of my life, you know, I lost a lot of people. There, there are still people that, there actually, there's still people, there's still people on my friends list, mm -hmm. and they may be listening to this podcast. Y'all suck. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that I'm not really sure are there to be my friend, mm. but are there to be gossip with those that used to be my friends. Well, here, here's my thought. The scripture says a friend loves at all times. Yes. And so if you can turn it on and off, then you never were a friend. Yeah. I, I find out true friends run when your life is on fire, not run away from it. Mm -hmm. Because there, if you run into the fire, you may get burnt a little bit, and they're afraid of that. And yeah. so I would say this, that if they've never experienced a trial— then they've probably been living in a little Christian bubble that doesn't exist because yeah. life will sucker punch you oh. and you need those friends. You know, I've had friends like you talked about, I've had friends who've made mistakes. They've confessed this is wrong, you know, totally different than your situation. Like they were in the wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And even though they confess, repented, like they, they treat them like they're, uh, you know, a leper. Yeah. And it breaks my heart. You know, I've had friends, you know, that have cried on the phone and, and, you know, all you can do is try to comfort them and, and be a good friend. And you know, see, people are going to let us down. Yeah. Um, that's just part of life. So you've got to, you know, you've got to set the tone to say, you know, what, people are going to let us down. Well, I really feel like those friends that uh, left, they were in that specific denomination mm-hmm. and they were they were just like the Pharisees. You know, look at the me on the outside. Look at what I have to wear. Look at how I'm presenting. Look at how I'm praying. Look at how I'm doing this. And that goes along with this. It brings loneliness. I think of a story in the Bible about King David when Samuel went to choose the new king for Israel. You know the story? You remember this? <laughs> yeah, I've read I ho- it. I, ho- I hope you've read it. But David's father, he's bringing out all of his other children, and he's he's practically saying, well, this one's handsome. What do you think about this one? Uh, look at this young devil. You know, and, and he's he's showing him off all of his sons, but he's left David in the field. Mm-hmm. And Samuel says something that I, I, you know, I didn't write it down here, so if I totally misquote it, please forgive me. But he basically says something, you know what? God doesn't look on the outside. Mm. God looks on the inside. God knew and was telling Samuel, these people, these people that you're looking at right now and how they look on the outside, that's not what I'm choosing. There's Mm -hmm. somebody else. And Samuel looks at uh, David's father and says, hey, do you have anybody else? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got David over here. And David was the one that God was going to call. Well, when you look at the scriptures to the story of David, you see true friends. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you see some who run away, some who run to. And, and so we talk about this people pleasing. I think about Matthew 6.33 where it says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If you're trying to please people, this is not just a ministry. This is just a life mentality. If you're always trying to please people, you're going to be miserable because people's opinions will change in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. When we aim to please God, then we'll please those who really do matter in yeah. life. That's right. You know, I, I think ministry is a lot like a politician. Some people will love a politician simply because they have an R or a D attached to their name. And some will simply like you because of who you are. And some will simply dislike you for who you are. So mm-hmm. don't take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in loneliness, it brings this idea in your mind because you're sitting there thinking, well, what if so-and-so thinks about me? What does this person think about me? And that causes loneliness because you you don't allow people to really see who you are and to know you personally. Uh, for years, I had these uh, this exact same problem in my own life, and I, I dealt with it in my youth group years ago. I had a gentleman that he he had this idea that everybody was out to get him and that, you know, that he wasn't, that he had no friends. He actually thought that nobody liked him. They were all judging him and all these things. So I found this verse and I told telling people in church yesterday, find some verses uh, talking about the temptations of Jesus and the three temptations of Jesus and uh, how Jesus had to answer with the word of God. And if we want to overcome temptations, we need to have the word of God memorized so we can overcome come up. So I found this verse. I love this verse. It's Psalm 119, 165. I have it memorized. This is, uh, and it says, great peace have they which love thy law mm. and nothing shall offend them. The New King James says nothing shall cause them to stumble. What is New King James? <laughs> if you had no, we, we don't talk about that. Um, we, we grew up, we, we grew up in two different worlds. You're, you're like, you got to wear clothes a certain way. And our people walk in, we're like, can you put some clothes on? You know, like that would, that would be okay. But you know what? I think one thing that leads to loneliness, and I, I want to talk about that, is the the feeling I have to be perfect. Yeah. And the reason we can't be transparent with our scars is that we think, well, what are people going to think about us? 
we're so worried about others that we put on these masks and become the man in the iron mask. You remember that movie? Yeah, dude, that's an old movie. Yeah, we were trying to fit this mold. That's what you're mm-hmm. trying to say. Yeah, you know, we, we can, the man in the iron mask, if you know what it's about, he's in prison, they put a mask on him. But eventually when you wear these masks, you forget who you are and what you really look like. Yeah, we will stumble in our thoughts and in our hearts uh, when we think that we have to fit in this kind of mold. And I, you know, I remember the story of this man. He was uh, driving along and uh, he he crashed his car and he got out of the car and was able to grab a hold of this thing on the side of the cliff. So he's holding on to this vine on the side of the cliff and he cries out from the side of the cliff. He cries out and he says, is anybody up there? And he hears this voice that says, have faith and let it loose. And he looks up and he goes, is anybody else up there? <laughs> you know, we, we need to start, stop concentrating on man and start listening to God. Because mm-hmm. God, even if he tells us to let loose and have faith, God has a plan and he will help us. He's always with us. We can't, we won't be lonely if we're trusting in him. And, you know, going back to that mask, uh, you know, and talking more about that glass house, we, we just, we have this mentality that we have to live a certain way as Christians. I, I watched this video one time and I can't remember who made it. It may have been, it may have been. Uh, oh gosh, I just forgot their names. They're going to support us. Little Debbie? No, the other one. <laughs> Skit guys. Skit guys. Uh, it may have been them. I don't really remember. But they're they're videotaping this these people going to church, and so they they're they're like walking in, and they they're high fiving people as they're walking into church, and they got their Bible and they're dressed all nice on the top, and then all of a sudden you see like three minutes later or three minutes earlier, and they're at home, and they're running around, go, where's my tie? Where's my shirt? You know, and the kids going, I don't have my shoes. And, and then, you know, and then as the very last scene, as they're high fiving everybody, you see the kid and the kid has no shoes on. Well, before we get into uh, the final segment here, we're going to have to take just a quick break and be back with you in just a moment. Well, thank you, Little Debbie. We appreciate that. Listen, if you're out and about today, grab yourself a little treat, Little Debbie's. Uh, Knock out all the calories in just one little snack. But Brent, you know, we're talking about transparency, and I really believe that transparency is the best gift you can give yourself and others. Mm -hmm. Others can see that you're going through the same thing that they are, and it gives them hope. You know, we're talking about as pastors. Listen, we know pastors. We are pastors. Mm -hmm. They can be some of the most messed up people we know. Yeah. Because we know the truth. We know the scriptures. And, you know, and so, but I think we have to give ourselves that grace that we aren't perfect. Have you ever felt like, man, I've got to be perfect to be a pastor. I got to be perfect to lead people. Yes. Oh, yeah. I felt that way many times. Going back to what you were saying there about how uh, it's nice to know that other people are fighting the same battles. It it was... I had written down some ideas of uh, books I'd like to write, and one of them was It's Just a Chair. Then I got uh, a hold of the book called Who Moved My Pulpit? And yeah. You, you, you kind of mentioned that, too. And I read that, and I'm like, well, that's it's just a chair. So he's dealt with the same situation mm. that, that I have. Do you want to know what book I want to write? Oh, boy. I have one. I, I, go ahead. I want to write Big Butts of the Bible. <laughs> because a lot of scripture, it'll, it'll, a lot of times they'll give you like something negative, but, and then they give you good news. Yeah. I would love to write big butts of the Bible. That's pretty good. I'd like to write, uh, I'd like to write, uh, and I've, I broke this title down. Uh, second Opinions, the book not found in the Bible. Second Opinions. There you go. 
Well, you know, it's like I, I like to use uh, funny titles when it comes to children, especially for the sermons. And I, I was preaching on judges one time, and I think I was telling you about this. And, and uh, there's one king and one judge that uh, took care of that king, and that was Ehud. And and I can't think, I can't remember the king of Moab. I can't remember his name. But I titled it When Lefty Let Fatty Have It. <laughs> that is a funny, that's a funny story because he was so fat that the knife got stuck in him. Yeah. There, yeah. The, I tell our people, listen, the Bible is rated R because it's real. Like it it doesn't sugarcoat it. Like if you're going to make something up, like 80% of those stories wouldn't be in there because it's real life. And so listen, he straight up stabbed him when he was on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. 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 We won't talk about that. Way anymore. to go. Way but anyways, yeah, going back to this, we, we are, uh, when you, when you're being transparent, that is the best thing that can happen mm-hmm. to you. you. You say I'm lonely. Well, be transparent. Tell somebody how lonely you are. You don't have to live in that mentality. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get that idea that you're all alone and nobody else is doing what you're doing. Well, I, I think about Elijah, the time I we're all facing a battle. And, you know, here's Elijah. All these great things have happened. Uh, they've killed the prophets of Baal. And then one Jezebel. You ever had a Jezebel in your church? Oh, yeah. Listen, that the spirit of Jezebel lives in men and women, and it is still alive. But I love in First Kings, it says this. It tells God's telling basically, listen, you feel like you're alone. You're the only one who is fighting for righteousness. You're mm-hmm. the only one who loves me. But he's like, I've got 7,000 others who never worship Baal or kissed his image, you know, bow down to his image. And so in that moment, Elijah realized, I'm not by myself. I'm mm-hmm. not alone. So if we're not alone, let's stop pretending like we are. Mm-hmm. You know, that we need to be able to have those friendships. I think godly friendships are so big, but knowing I'm not the only one, other people are going through this. And so no matter where you are in life, somebody is going through that as well. And so, but also being transparent is that God will never waste a heartache or a pain, but you have to be willing to share it for God to use it. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you this. uh, When I first became a senior pastor, uh, you know, I'd been a children's pastor. I'd been a youth pastor. I'd been an associate pastor. I'd been a bus pastor. I'd done all these things. But when I became a puppet pastor, no, no, no. You got to bring up the puppet, don't you? I love uh, it. I love it. So when I became first became a senior pastor, I had um, taken the church, Brush Arbor Baptist Church in Danville, Virginia. And, you know, I'm a Yankee uh, because I was born in uh, Lewisburg, West Virginia, and they're considered the the north. I, I'm not I don't I don't I don't get it, but I don't even want to talk. What about, about me, though? Any uh, south of me, you're in Mexico. Uh, well, you, yeah, you're not a Yankee. But anyways, I, I come to this church. Hey, and, real, real quick. Wait, you know how southern I am? Oh boy, I'm so southern. When I when I when I get cut, I bleed gravy. <laughs> well, see, I love the South. I, I'd rather be in the I'm, South. I than married the North. a Yankee. I, I just said it's my mission field. I married a Yankee. Well, listen, I'm, I'm I married from, a Southerner. My wife is from Jersey, and listen, a Jersey girl will, will tell you how it is. How the cow eat yeah. the cabbage. And listen, if I ever messed up, she would shank me. If you're listening <laughs> yeah. to this, I mean that in the most positive way in possible. loving way. I'll bring you some roses later. Because I got to my first church, mm-hmm. and the first Sunday. Now, remember, I'm alone. We just moved to Danville, Virginia. I don't have any friends there. I really don't know a lot of the church members, only the few that I've met from the very beginning when they said that I would come. And uh, here I am, and the very first Sunday, they warned me about this guy. They said, you know, don't talk to Fred. You know, just just a little warning right now. Don't don't talk to Fred. It, Fred's no, a no. member. Yeah, this is, okay. this is a member. This is a member. Not the puppet. This is a member. <laughs> 
And uh, I, you know, so they warned me about him and I walk up to him and I, I realized who he was quite quickly. And I reached my hand out and I said, hey, welcome to Brush Arbor. I'm so glad to see you this morning. And he looked at me and he said, you're a Yankee. <laughs> I'm going to tar and feather you and run you out on a rail. So was there- I was, I was, was he lonely. Serious? He was serious. Did he have mental issues? No. No, he just didn't like me. It's the church. He didn't like, he was, he was. But you know what? After time, after working with him and praying for him, he became the biggest teddy bear. And, hmm. uh, you know, he actually, when, when I left, he told me that he was going to miss me. Well, you're a better man than me. I, I, listen, I really believe there's a ministry called Jerks for Jesus. <laughs> I would have been like, dude, you're going to run that ministry. I... That's, you know, but so as we wrap up, let's talk about this. How do we remedy loneliness? Yeah. As a Christian, you know, you're not alone. Yeah. God's walking with you in the good, the bad, and the ugly times of life. So to put this baby to bed, to land the airplane, we're going to wrap this up on how do you remedy loneliness? Mm -hmm. Wah, wah, wah. First, invest in good sound effects. Uh, But as a Christian, guys, you're never alone. God is walking with you. Even when you can't see the hand of God, you can trust the heart of God. And the good, the bad, and the ugly times. It's in our loneliness we really can experience God the most. Yes, that's true. And as we talked before, you know, I talked about the butterfly. You know, God was there even in that hardship of life. God was always walking with me. Yeah. Well, and also be transparent with people who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is if you're a teacher out there, then have a friend who's a teacher, a pastor, have a, a pastor friend, but also have friends who are ahead of you in your life and where you want to be. Have good godly friends that will encourage you and uplift you in that time of loneliness. That's what you need the most. Well, and some of the best advice I've got from people who are ahead of me, Brent, in life, raising children, their marriage, ministry, because they've been where I'm at. You know, it's always good to have friends who are in the same area of life. You know, you and I are roughly in the same area of life, church planners, our our children. Some of our children are the same age. Um, You have like 25 kids. I stopped at two, you know, Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch times three. And so but that being said is, you know, we need those who are who are in the time period we're in right now, but also those who are ahead of us who can speak truth to say, listen, Mm -hmm. I I know you're going through this and, and it was difficult. It was it was hard. Let me tell you what I did, what I adjusted, what I changed mm-hmm. that really helped me through that. And Ecclesiastes 4.12, and Ecclesiastes might not be the best book if you're struggling with loneliness, <laughs> but it's a it's a good verse that says this. And though a man may prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. There is strength. Yes, there is strength in numbers. Yes. And, and, you know, thinking about that verse that I mean, that that like I said, I was alone and then meeting you and meeting the people that you have introduced me to and having some time to actually talk with people and sit down and go, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. It has been as you as you we said in the beginning, definitely cheaper than therapy. And we'll bring that up again. Uh, and it's helped because it is it, it, when you have more people to stand with you that are on the same page. You can stand stronger. Well, and we're a blessing to each other. You know, you know, you've been a blessing to my family and to, and to me personally. You know, there's been times where, you know, planting a church is crazy busy. And I'm like, hey, Brent, can you fill in for me? Like you, I literally had to call you. Hey, this is this is a good problem to have. You know, we had uh, last Thursday, you know, we do our Bible studies on Thursday. And, uh, you know, we just had some people who couldn't make it, who watched children. And we had, a, you know, a lot of children there. And I'm like, listen, Brent, can you fill in for me? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, because, you know, I was kind of stressed out. And you're like, I got it. 
Well, listen, that, that was like, okay, because you've probably been there before. You're like, Hey, listen, <laughs> take a deep breath, Dusty. It's going to be all right. You know, we've got this. And honestly, it was one of our best Thursdays. You know, the youth were packed out. Uh, the, you know, there's a lot in the nursery. You led Bible study. 18 people got saved. And so it was, I mean, it, it was a Fredericksburg revival. Yes, it, it went good, though. It really did. And so, but loneliness and depression isn't something you just man up and get over. Yeah. Like, I, I you know, I'm old school, but I used to believe in that lie. Well, you just man up, you just ignore it, you shove it down deep down inside and eventually go away. You can't do that. But if we're wounded, we'll never be good for the people who are depending on us. Yeah, I, I loved a lot to ride in airplanes. Like I love it. Everybody else in my family doesn't really care for it. My mom hates airplanes. I love airplanes. And so we'll get in the airplane, and the first thing they tell you is what? If in case we hit a mountain, you all die, or we land in the ocean, there's something you need to do. And they always talk about your oxygen mask. Mm -hmm. And they're like, listen, before you put it on somebody else, you got to do what, Brent? You got to put it on yourself. Yeah, so you've flown before. And so you put it on yourself, and because you as a leader, you as a parent, you as a spouse, you as a worker, no matter what facet of life you're in, until you are healthy, you'll never be able to lead the people who are depending on on you. I have to tell you something before when you mentioned airplane, I was thinking about the movie Airplane. Do you remember that? A little before my time. Roger, man. Roger. You don't remember that? I've seen it parts. It was so of, dumb. It's I've seen so, parts of don't it. Don't watch it. It's yeah, dumb. don't call me Shirley. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's a little Anyways, before my time. But going back into this, there's and and you said this, but I was going to say this too. There is nothing don't feel like you can't admit that you have a counselor. I'm going to admit it right here in front of you. I have a counselor. I go to a counselor. And it's my joy every week to counsel you. Yes. Yes. Thank no. you so much. Thank you so much for uh, helping me with my problem with I my would puppets. Make you, I would make you more lonely and depressed. <laughs> That is not me. No, but you nailed it. There's nothing wrong. And, and I think, you know, the emphasis is biblical counseling. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. we need somebody who just listen to us who's not in the problem. I, yeah. I've been to, I, there's been times where I've gone to counseling and I, I've sat down and I said, listen, I just need you to listen. Yeah. You know, I'm like, put your notepad down. I'm not laying on the couch. He went to get a puppet. And I'm like, no, sir. <laughs> Not going to happen. We're not role playing. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I was trying to help you. <laughs> but no, biblical counseling, it's because until you admit and you're honest, you'll live in that sickness, whatever you're going through. And, you know, I've struggled with this at times. You know, listen, we need to be able to talk to people, but we need to be able to decompress. Yeah. And I think I think biblical you, you mentioned biblical. That's that's key. Uh, I, I remember a uh person who was going through a struggle with their spouse and they went to a, a counselor and it was not a biblical counselor. Mm. And that counselor told her to leave him. And uh, that that is a problem to me. Have biblical counseling. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you have biblical counseling. I, I have been to a I haven't been in a couple months or so, but I have been to a counselor and I'll admit it. And you know what? I need it. Sometimes I just need to sit there and jibber jabber and talk. And it doesn't necessarily mean like he, like Dusty just said that, uh, you know, you're sitting on a couch and they're scribbling and going, oh, yeah, what did this mean to you? And what was your childhood like? Mm -hmm. It's just an opportunity to say, hey, I'm a lonely. This is what's going on. This is how I, what I've been dealing with. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's going to be all right. And we need that sometimes because here's the deal. In life, you give pieces of yourself away. You know, you deal with everybody else's dramas, their issues, their struggles, and you give part of yourself away each time that there's not much left of you to deal with your own. Mm -hmm. But I really, you know, I think you and I and I struggle with this. I'm a biggest hypocrite. But 
when it comes to decompressing. You know, and I grew up that, you know what, you work hard from six to eight. And can I tell you, there's a Greek word for that. It's called, and if you don't know Greek, you're not going to get this. But if you do, you're going to laugh. It's called scubula. Go Google scubula. The Bible actually cusses. But it's it, it's it's garbage. It's junk. You know, that, listen, you need to decompress. I heard a friend say, I've got a, a, a friend down the road who is a pastor and at a, a pastor at the Westland Church. And so been really good to Braveheart and helped us out with some editing stuff and nice guy. And I, I really like what he said in one of his sermons. He said this, if you continually grind, you will grind yourself into dust mm, that we need good. to be able to decompress. Listen, have them close friends. Listen, go to biblical counseling, but do something that you like to do. It's not a sin to be like, you know what? I need a timeout, even if it's just for a couple hours. Yeah, I, I like to go to the movies. Uh, what do you like to do, Brent? I actually like to go and work in a wood shop. I make things in a wood shop. Well, I saw that beautiful. Uh, what do you want to call it? I want to call it a dollhouse, not yeah, a dollhouse. Playhouse, playhouse for your little girl. It's beautiful. Like, listen, if it's up to me, I can't even make a doghouse. <laughs> And I've been like, if I had a little girl and I've got boys, but I've been like, sweetheart, use your imagination. I know it's a doghouse. <laughs> Pretend but, it's here. Yes. I know it's a doghouse, but it's your pretty fancy castle. It's your mansion. Yeah. <laughs> my kids yeah, need I, counseling after that. I, sometimes I will look at Jen and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out and just go out in the woodshop. And sometimes I'll go out there and I'll just make things, uh, you know, things that I'll give away or just odd things. And I just enjoy being out there and it gives me a time to... Uh, rewind, think about the day, pray, and uh, just like like you said, de decompress. And you know, we need to make sure that we have the right kind of friends, and we need to make sure that we have to decompress. I think about the story of Job, and and kind of in conclusion with you here, and you can and you can pray for us and close us out. By the way, uh, but but I was thinking about the Job, and uh, you know, he lost everything. I think it's pronounced Job. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think so. Well, Job, he 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 was he was dealing with uh, losing his family. He lost mm -hmm. all of his livestock. He lost all of his items. His wife comes up to him and says, "Just curse God and die." And uh, he's like, "I wish I could lose you." <laughs> Why do I still have you? Your battle axe. Um, well, you know, God had a plan. You know, the, the thing is, is that uh, he is struggling with life. He's sick. Mm. He, he's lost his health. And he's sitting there and suffering. And these friends come up and they, quote unquote, encourage him. Basically telling him he's a lousy sinner, he needs to get right with God. They weren't encouraging him. They were not good godly friends. But then the, the real friend came along, God, and starts talking to him and says, Hey, Job, who made the earth? Yeah. You know, who created this? I'm pretty all-powerful. I can take care of this. I got this. And you know what? We need to make sure that we have good godly friends that are going to encourage you, uplift you, and you can go to and be honest with tell the truth. These are the things I struggle with. These are the things that causes me to sin. I need your help with praying for and just find a place to get aside and decompress. And I want to kind of wrap up with this is that I believe in the ministry of presence. Sometimes you don't know what to say to people and you don't have the answers, So you don't try. And, and that's a cop out. You don't need to know the answers. You know, Brent, on a serious note, one of the most difficult things I ever dealt with in ministry, I did student ministry when I was doing student ministry was this was we had a young boy who took his life. Mm. And it was really difficult. I, I saw him the day before, and here I am, a rookie in ministry. And I, I remember driving out to the, the home where the family lived. And I remember calling one of my mentors and saying, what the heck do I say? Because there's no platitudes. There's no, you know, there's nothing you can say. We're like, oh, okay, life's good. And these people are hurting. These people feel like the world has just ended. And so I remember my mentor saying, it's the ministry of presence. Just mm. 
be there. Yeah. And my most difficult times of life, I don't remember what people said necessarily. I just remember that they cared enough to be there. Some of Job's friends, the best advice they could have done, you know, taken is just be quiet and be there. Yeah. And so this is a real struggle. And I don't know who's listening to this, but we want you to know that God is real. Mm -hmm. God is there. He cares for you. Yes. It's just as much as when you're in the mountaintop, he cares for you in the valley. And that there are people who care for you and you need to reach out. Remember, we're only as sick as our secret. And so maybe you need to talk to your pastor, our family, our friends, or honestly, anybody who will listen. But honesty is the first step in healing. Mm -hmm. And so we want to wrap up with giving you some information. Of course, you can always reach out to us once you give them that website. Uh, well, well, the email address, we'll give them the email address. That's uh, two pastors. That's fine. Two pastors and a podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on two pastors and a podcast on Facebook and that, that you reach out to us, just send us a message and we'll definitely pray with you and we'll give you a phone number or something. We can talk to you and spend some time with you, but we have some other things that we'd like to give you as well. Yeah. Uh, the national suicide prevention hotline is one 800 273 8255. And if you don't feel comfortable, there's actually a, a number you can text. It's a crisis text line and you text hello to 741741. And friends, you are not alone out there. We have a God who loves you. He has a plan even mm -hmm. in the valley. And I promise you this too shall pass. Well, why don't you close us out with prayer and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, those that are dealing with loneliness, that this will be a be benefit to them. They'll, they'll maybe uh, laugh. And as we said, this is better, this is cheaper than therapy. And hopefully it'll be a benefit to them. But go ahead and pray for us and close us out here. All right. Lord Jesus, right now, we want to pray for those who are listening to this podcast. God, we pray that it go beyond just the shareable moments that we have through, you know, podcast or Facebook, that it would go to the person who needs to hear it. Lord, let them feel your presence. Let them see your hand, God, that you're there. Give them the courage they need to reach out to somebody, Lord. Maybe it's biblical counseling. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a spouse that they would reach out and be honest with what's going on in their heart, Lord. God, we are in this struggle called life together. And Lord, I pray you would strengthen everybody. Uh, Lord, for those who are pastors who may be in a valley, especially during COVID-19 season, that God, they can look back on their calling. That Difficult situations don't void our calling. And Lord, we all have a calling as mm. believers to love you and love others. God, I pray that you would bless those who are listening, bless this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dusty, for joining us this morning, wasting your Monday morning during this time. It is never a waste. I enjoy it. And vaya con Dios. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, a squirrel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Two Pastors and a Podcast. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or need someone to chat with, or just to make fun of us, contact us at two, yep, that's number two, two pastors and podcasts at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and we hope that you truly enjoyed the podcast. You can also reach us at Facebook at two, yes, that is the number two, pastors and a podcast. That is two pastors and a podcast. I hope you have an amazing week and tune in next week as we tackle another difficult topic that we have probably haven't even figured out yet. <laughs> as you can tell, we're winging this. So for the older generation out there, same bat channel, same bat time. Holy shenanigans, Batman. Thank you.